You're listening to the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. It's basically Christmas Eve. You hear Santa's sleigh out in the skies. Football's upon us, boys. We got it. We're here. We finally made it. What seems like goddamn forever. But again, hey, guys, thank you for joining in. Filthy Fantasy Football Show. It's your boys, King Josh, Josh the King, the Fantasy Fish. Big Rome is MIA today, so we're a little bit lighter this week. But that's okay. We're still here. We're going to give you the hot content. So what's up, Fish? Not much. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. So uh, good, good. for today uh, on the slate, we got your news and noise, and then we are going to break down your NFC matchups of the week. So let's just dive right in. So big news, biggest one that I saw from today was Austin Eckler missed practice. Now, there are veteran rest days because as you know, pre-show when we were going through all the news, it was all limited practice, limited practice, but that's just veteran stuff. My concern with Eckler, though, is he missed a lot of time last year because his hamstring actually pulled off the bone last year in a pretty nasty injury. And I'm just worried that I, I don't know if he re-aggravated it, if this could just be uh, off-season to the now-season growing pains. But I'm just I'm a little I'm a little nervous. What are you thinking, Fish? Yeah, I'm the same way. It's something that. It's, I want I want to know too if it's the same leg. They didn't say what leg it was. If it's a different leg, maybe it's not as important. But if it's the same leg, like maybe he didn't really heal all the way before he got back into the run of things, and it's gonna. If that's the case, that we could see this lingering all season yeah. long, where he plays a couple games, misses a couple games, or plays some snaps, has to go out for a while. It's get a backup plan ready. Yeah, you know, don't don't. Well- don't make a decision yet on who you're starting, but get a backup plan ready just in case. It just sucks because he's such an electric player with the ball in his hands, um, especially with now having the New Orleans offensive coordinator there now. There's been talks that Austin Eckler could be, you know, I don't want to say poor man's Alvin Kamara, but that's how there's been. I mean, I'm a Charger fan, so I just I listen to podcasts. I, I read a lot of articles, but they were saying that you know he could be another Austin Eckler type player, just in terms of, um, you know, electricity and all that other stuff. But um, I guess what I could say is, you know, actually, I was I was reading an article this morning. Uh, it was talking about how some handcuffs are true handcuffs, like Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard. If Eckler's out, it's going to be a weird gamut of running backs. You know, you got Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree. But at the very least, I recommend at least stashing one of those guys on your bench. Because if this could, like kind of like what Fish was just saying, if this could be a season-long thing where he plays a little bit, misses time, you're going to at least want to get some piece of that Chargers backfield. Yeah, the other option, if you don't, if they're not available already, and you think that Eckler might miss. Hopefully you have another running back that you could pop in there and maybe you could throw one of your receivers or running backs from the bench into the flex. Just start thinking about it now so you're not scrambling on Saturday morning. There you go. Uh, New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley. He was limited. Uh, he is going to receive probably a, a lesser workload, but it looks like he's gearing up, getting ready to play against Denver. But 
that is a tough matchup to, you know, you miss almost the entire season last year. That offensive line hasn't gotten much better. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty low on Saquon this week. I, I think it's going to be tough sledding for him, the poor guy, especially, like I said, coming, starting right off the bat with, uh, with, with Denver. He's got one thing going for him in that he's not playing in altitude. They're playing at home. That would be a little bit even more rough if they were playing, you know, the thin air. But, yeah, I mean, he's still going to get used. He still could be pretty valuable. I, I think he'll play. So mm-hmm. we'll just see how how up to up to speed he is from his old self. Also with the Denver uh, vein of information, Noah Font, tight end, was limited in practice on Wednesday. I think that's good because he was missing practice with uh, – they just said leg. I, I don't know specifically what's wrong with his leg, but they were just saying he had a leg injury, so he missed practice this uh, uh, preseason, which I was kind of nervous about, but it's it's looking like he's going to be a go. So, I mean, if you had Font on your roster, I, I don't think you have to start panicking now. Yeah, I wouldn't panic now. That's some you know, wake up early Sunday morning and make sure he's starting, and if not, just find another another tight end to stream. Mm-hmm. Or just take the loss. I mean, I've seen people do that before in certain circumstances. I wouldn't recommend it, but. Um, oh, uh, actually, that's not the guy I was looking for. DeAndre Swift. There we go. Uh, he was a full participant in Wednesday's practice. So when I was actually ranking out the Detroit game, I put big asterisks next to Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift because I wasn't sure who was going to be the running back that week. Cause there was, there was rumors that Swift might not even make it, you know, it was looking doubtful, but I think this is good news with him uh, being a full participant in Wednesday's practice, especially Detroit's going to need all the firepower they can get. Um, San Francisco's defense is no joke, especially coming into the season healthy. Uh, they're a top end defense. If healthy, you know, they've just, they've had a bad string of luck with injuries, but you know, it's good news for if you drafted Deandre, or if you're, I don't know why you would be, but if you're a Detroit fan, you know, good news on that end. Yeah, it's a good thing. I still, I mean, I think you have to start Swift if you drafted him, potentially. Maybe you have yeah. three running backs also. It's just one of the, it's kind of like how we talked about Zeke yesterday. Lower those expectations. It's mm-hmm. probably not going to be a good thing. But it's, you know, if he can get 50 yards and a touchdown, that's not bad for probably an RB2 or a flex play. Although, hey, if Swift comes out and totally shits the bed against San Francisco, which I wouldn't be surprised if he does, maybe make a move for him in your fantasy leagues. Be like, hey, it's going to be like this all year. I'd be willing to take a flyer on him. Not well, Actually, that's a bad term, not flyer. I'd be willing to make a move trying to acquire Swift off of a, a disappointed owner. Yeah, buy low opportunity there, most definitely. Heck yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin, he was off the final week one injury report. We were actually talking about it yesterday. You know, we, we were saying that we weren't really too concerned about his availability on Thursday night. It was just something to note because it is the Thursday night game. And it's tough when it's the Thursday night game because it's you have to play him because if you don't, or I mean, if you if you do play him and he doesn't actually play, you're screwed because you took the gamble on the Thursday night game. But it looks like he's going to be a full go. So if you have Godwin, don't worry about that. Yep. I think that's really about it. I don't. Oh, Baltimore did sign Trenton Cannon. I think this is purely just. Although you did make the note in the pre-show talk, fish that it was to the active roster, 
but I think it's more just to get bodies into the running back room. I don't think this affects anybody's value. Lev Bell's still on the practice squad. I wouldn't be surprised if in two, three weeks they just swap spots. You know, Cannon goes to the practice squad, Bell to the active roster. The only difference is Cannon has a little bit of special teams value. It's nothing to, you know, don't go out there trying to pick him up or anything unless he does something spectacular week one. No, don't don't waste a roster spot on Trenton. I'd rather roster a second defense or a second tight end than picking up Trenton Cannon. Uh, I think that's – oh, actually, here's here's one. This, this is the actual news I was looking for. Um, Evan Angram with the calf injury is not expected to practice uh, – or he didn't practice today, so his week one status is now in serious doubt. So if uh, – you know, I know a lot of uh, managers out there, you drafted Angram as your tight end. So start checking to see who's available, see if that Tyler Conklin, Anthony Ferkser – Gerald Everett. Um, yeah, he was kind of a streaming option anyways if you drafted him. So just move forward with that. You could probably release him and get him back if you really wanted to. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong. I think that's it for news. Do you see anything else? I think that was about it. No, I didn't see. Oh, Rashawn Moore Stevenson dislocated this thumb, but he was back at practice already. I don't think there's any structural damage. We'll see if he plays. They might give him a rest week one. You probably won't be starting him this week anyways until no. his role is more well-established. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess something to keep an eye on because Ramondre Stevenson, you know, he was the preseason MVP, so to speak. I mean, he just looked outstanding out there. But, again, you're running against second, third-string defenses. But, you know, hey, and I, I don't drop him. Keep him on your bench. But Yeah, he's definitely a, a player. The reason I mentioned it is because he's a player with the – very high upside. If he could perform in the regular season like he was doing in the preseason, he could be getting a lot, like good amount of touches and be very fantasy relevant. That's the main reason I bring him. I up, like so. Ramondre Stevenson. I think if he, if he gets an opportunity, which I don't know if it's going to be this year, to me he's still he's more appealing in terms of dynasty versus uh, season long. But I mean, he's six foot and like two hundred and thirty pounds, so he's a big bodied running back. He's not very fast, but he's effective. He's kind of like a. He reminds me of LeGarrette Blunt, coincidentally, because he's on the New England team. But who knows? He could. I mean, Damian Harris has been a great running back. But I mean, definitely, definitely put Stevenson on your bench. Um, but I, I, you know, just but keep an eye on the thumb thing. That that could be, you know, because especially if he fumbles. Remember, uh, was it Brandon Bolden? He fumbled. He had the three touchdown game, fumbled once, and then you never saw him ever again. Now you will not play. In He's buried in Belichick's backyard. Yes. I think that that's should be it about news. it. Yeah. I mean, unless uh, I see Director Ross looking something up. So, we'll, I mean, if he gets something, we'll talk about it then. But let's just dive right into our week one matchups. First one right off the bat, we got the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons. I should have had the Vegas over under. Uh, actually, oh, I got it right here. Here we go. Let's see. Philadelphia, Atlanta. Looks like the over-under is, I don't know, and we'll get into that later. Anyways, got, uh, I'm kind of worried about, oh, it's, it's minus three, uh, 48 and a half over-under, Atlanta's the favored. Okay, so that that's what we were looking for. So I Atlanta don't, three. yeah, I, I'm not going to lie, Ross and I were talking about it just this uh, couple days ago. 
I'm I'm worried about Philadelphia. To me, they have they present a lot of question marks to me in how their season's going to go. I'm a little worried about them. Looks like you're a little higher than me on Jalen Hurts this week. You got him uh, at 14. I have him at 20. So what, 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 where's your upside with Hurts? Like, what are you, where, what's your thought process on that? Just the rushing ability. I'm the same way with you. I, I'm concerned about Philadelphia and their production this year. I don't think that we – there's nothing to – there's no reason to believe it's going to be good right now, but we could totally all be wrong. You know, yeah. they didn't have uh, – what was it, regular most of the preseason. Didn't see a lot of Jalen Hurts the preseason. So it's kind of just a question mark for me right now. Yeah, well, my concern was that Hurts just looked bad in the preseason. That, and he that's missed, my concern. He missed one game with an illness, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it didn't look good. The, the, the bright side here is to play the Falcons. They didn't look mm-hmm. good either. So Let's see. Miles Sanders, I mean, realistically, I'm not that – I mean, we'll get to the tight ends when we get there. But, I mean, Miles Sanders, even then, you know, you drafted him fairly high. We coincidentally both have him running back 22. So, I mean, he's an RB2 with – he does have potential upside, but he could very well be bad too. Yeah, he could be bad. The way I look at him, you said earlier that Eckler's kind of like um, a poor man's Alvin Kamara in our pre-show. The way I look at Miles Sanders is he's like a poor man's Raheem Mostert, right? He could break off these plays for – 70 yards, it's just not going to be as common for as it would be for Mostert, provided mm-hmm. they're both healthy. But they both have health concerns, too. I, I ranked him inside the top 22 because he's like the last RB2. Like, if you were to, you know, if he was one of your, your second running back you drafted, I think you could still start him. Yeah. I mean, I you play him, obviously. But, you know, I would just, again, lower the expectations, even though the Atlanta defense isn't very good. Uh, pass catchers for Philadelphia, the only ones of note really would be Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager. Fish, you didn't even rank those guys. I would potentially no, – I, 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 I put Smith at my wide receiver 38 just because you got to throw to somebody. Atlanta has the potential to put up points, so they're going to have to throw. I'm not confident in – in Smith, I don't like Rager at all. I, I think Rager. I don't. I don't think Rager should be rostered on anybody's team. Realistically, I, I just. I, I don't fi- find any confidence in Rager. I didn't see anything good out of him last year that would make me think otherwise. But you know, Smith, first round draft pick, Eisman Trophy winner. I mean, there there could be something there. Yeah, I. I didn't rank him mostly because I didn't rank all the receivers. I ranked about. 48 receivers in total this week. I ran out of time. I went hard in the paint. I did over 60, but that's yeah. fine. It's, it's this, I'm the same way as you, though. Like, if you're going to play one of them, Smith, but, like, it's RB3 or W wide receiver three. There you go. It's not something I'd be, like, super thrilled about if I had to do. Exactly. Uh, tight ends. I'm not playing Ertz. Judging by your ranking, you're not playing Ertz either. But Goddard, I I see potential there. Um, I have him at eight. You have him at fourteen. But I, I the reason why I'm okay with Goddard somewhat was that he was okay last year with Hertz, and plus tight end is just such a vast, gross landscape. Now I I do think that I'm sorry, Goddard, not Ertz. I feel that Ertz caps Goddard's upside. I was really hoping he'd be gone 
because there was all that rumor that Ertz was going to get traded, cut, whatever. And I thought, finally, Godert season. But, I mean, I have him a bit high at eight, maybe. But I just, again, got to throw to somebody. Yeah, it's the same thing. I, I have him outside the top 12. I got players like uh, Gasicki above him. I have, let me see here. Let me look at my rankings. I have Tyler Higby above him. If I look at like my number 10 tight end, I have Blake Jarman up there because I think they're going to throw a lot, and I think that he's going to come up out on top in that Dallas passing offense. I'm, I'm the highest on him out of all of us. So it's mm-hmm. it's a very small margin, though, that has him outside of that. It, it's almost you could have them both the – what's the word? Kind of put them both in the same position. If you have one or the other, don't be, like, super concerned and it'll be like, oh, he's outside of some people's top 12. Like, if he's outside the top 12, he's still, like, right on the cusp of it. So it's not like that discrepancy is not as big as outside the top 12 at other positions. Okay. Moving on, Matt Ryan. We have him about the same. Right outside the quarterback one range. I got him at 14. Yeah, I'm at 15. They're going to throw. That's what they do. But losing Julio Jones kind of makes me lower the expectations. I love Matt Ryan. I think he will be fine. I just I, I, w- I wanted to rank him higher, but I would kind of want to see what the offense looks like minus Julio with the addition of Kyle Pitts. And plus, I don't know, Philadelphia's defense isn't that bad. They have some pretty good defensive backs. You know, Darius Slay's pretty good and, and things like that. So, But, I mean, who knows? This could be a, a high-scoring game. Yeah, I'm in agreement. That's why they're right next to each other. It The thing with Atlanta is, like, it's also, like you said, we haven't seen a lot of how they're going to use, like, Kyle Pitts and whatnot. So I just – Matt Ryan's a great streaming option. If you're going to be streaming quarterbacks, he's a good option to plug in here and there every once in a while. I don't yeah. – like, I have him outside the top 12, but that doesn't mean that he can't, you know, work his way in with a good performance. So Yeah, Mo- moving on. Mike Davis, we both have in the RB2 range. The one that I'm I'm interested about was – um, we both have Calvin Ridley in our top 10. I, I mean, the, the talent was there. He looked great last year. But the one that, uh, you know, I, I'm probably a bit low on him. I, I probably will raise him up. But Russell Gage, that's the one I wanted to talk about. Because you have him at wide, in your wide receiver three range. You have him at 31. I'm at 56, which I'll admit, that's low. I I, I, I need to adjust that. But what's your thoughts on Russell Gage? Like, why, why are you seemingly, I don't want to say high, but you, you, have him in your good graces. Yeah, I love Russell Gage. He's it's his fourth year in the NFL this year. He's got better every year. That's kind of my biggest thing is he's his you know from his first year to his sec- second year his catch percentage went up 6% and then stayed at that range. He's got averages 6.7 yards per target throughout his career. He just needed more targets. You know, last year he had 109 targets, so that's still a lot. But I think that with the absence of Julio Jones, that's even more target. He wasn't even on the field every play last year. It was Julio Jones and Ridley and Gage sometimes. He's the de facto number two now, so I feel like that his targets are going to go up. You know, maybe he'll get like an additional 50 targets, 60 targets, and that'll eclipse the 1,000-yard mark. The biggest thing that he could improve on is getting touchdown opportunities. He had four last year, so but he's got better Every single year he's played the game. And there I can just see that continuing. But we'll talk about the true wide receiver, too, in Atlanta. We both have Kyle Pitts in our top 10. 
that also could be just more of a byproduct of tight end just being, as we've said, the vast wasteland of a position. Uh, you have him at six, I have him at seven. He, You know what? He did have one catch for 20-something yards in the preseason, shook off a couple defenders, took a couple people to take him down. I'm really excited to see him play in the NFL. I mean, I, you know, the college tape's amazing. The draft capital's there. You know, all offseason we've talked about, you know, I, I wanted shares of Pitts. I just wasn't willing to pay the price that he was coming at. But, you know, hey, we're both, it looks like we're both excited to see Pitts. Moving on, we got the New York Jets taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we got the Vegas over under at 44. Carolina's favorite at minus four and a half, which I, I could see that. Uh, looks like Zach Wilson. We were both pretty low on him. Again, it's it's the rookie thing. I got to see it. I It's hard to gauge right now. Yeah, I liked him as a rookie in the preseason. It I just have him low because who the hell knows what actually translates to the regular season. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's hard to gauge. For the running backs, you know, I, I ranked uh, Coleman as the highest just because he was the alleged starter. Now, my concern is just I think it's going to be a three-headed monster for the first couple weeks. Uh, you know, they drafted Michael Carter with high draft capital. And then you have uh, Ty Johnson. He is the, you know, returning starter from last year, so he knows the offense. But it's it's murky at best. I mean, realistically, I mean, I have Coleman at 34. So to me, that's more of like a Hail Mary. I need someone to plug in. Like, let's say... God forbid Austin Eckler's hurt. If Coleman's out there, pick him up, throw him on your roster. You know, right? I I put Carter at thirty four for no good reason, honestly. I think he's the best back there. That's kind of why I don't. You don't start him. The thirty fourth running back maybe would be a flex play, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be playing him. He's just kind of I just kind of threw him somewhere. I didn't rank Coleman or Johnson mostly because I didn't get to them. Not. Any other reason why I'm not playing anybody? There you go. Uh, the the big one that's surprising to me. Now this could be just something you have to adjust, or maybe you are that low on him. Corey Davis, I got him at 28. I you know this off season I talked about. I love Corey Davis. I think you spent no nothing on him in terms. You know you got him in the tenth plus round. You know, Zach Wilson was looking his way in in the preseason. Got to throw to somebody. They paid him all that money. I think Corey Davis, he was also, was he the seventh overall pick or something like that, sixth overall to Tennessee a couple years ago? So, I mean, the the pedigree is there. So why why are you so low on Davis? What's up? This is just a direct result of wanting to see Zach Wilson and what it is. Fair enough. They could just not score a lot. I agree with you. He's going to be the guy. I just don't trust the offense yet because I haven't seen enough. Uh, moving on, we got the uh, Panthers offense. Sam Darnold, you know, we both have him at quarterback 18. I, I, You know what? He could easily end up top 15, maybe even top 13 later this season just with all the weapons they have in Carolina. But, it's again, it's one of those – got to see what it looks like, though. You know, the, the preseason didn't show me much. Christian McCaffrey's healthy. So I love Darnold, but wait. Yeah, I – can agree with that. I'm. I want to see it. I, I wasn't super impressed with what I saw in the preseason, except for his last game. He did pretty damn good. I just want a little more consistency. They have so many weapons that he could, like you said, be up there. But yeah. I just 
I want to see it first. No one probably drafted him, so he's probably gonna. Be, if he's good, he'll be a waiver round. But this week yeah. is not the week to find out. Uh, running back, some guy named Christian McCaffrey. I heard he's pretty good at football. There's not much to say there. Uh, wide receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, the rookie. We both have DJ Moore at 15. Rome had him at like six or eight or something like that. But I mean, my thing with DJ Moore, I love. I think he has upside. I just again, I want to see what the offense looks like. So I would, I would temper my expectations. Robbie Anderson, I put him at 26. You have him down at 41. Robbie Anderson, thousand yard receiver. They played in New York together. So I think Robbie Anderson does have potential to be a very relevant fantasy wide receiver. Are you low on him just again, kind of a, you want to see the offense in motion? A little bit of that, but also a little bit of, I have a feeling that they're going to spread the ball around more than they have in the past. They have a lot of weapons at receiver. And Robbie Anderson Mm. to me is kind of one of those boomer bust guys. Like, yeah, he could catch 70 yard touchdown, but he's not like, well, I guess he has been, Occasionally, it's not always the most consistent, you know, catching t- 10 passes a game. He, sometimes he has those games where he doesn't get a lot of receptions, but he gets a lot of yards. It, it's just the consistency. And like you said, I want to kind of see it first. He could definitely yeah. move way up that from that number once I see a couple or a game at least. Fair enough. Let's let's move on to the slobber knocker, the the murder in Detroit that's coming up. San Francisco 49ers taking on the Detroit Lions. Vegas has San Francisco favored at minus seven and a half, the over under at 45. I will gladly take San Francisco minus seven and a half. Like if you're hey, if you're if you're betting out there, I I I think San Francisco absolutely torches Detroit. Uh their defense is not that good. Their offense is not that good. So plus, who knows? I I think Detroit's like, hey, let's play bad and let's get um, let's get some uh, good draft capital for next year. All right, guys, let's do it. Kind of like the suck for Andrew Luckable a couple years back with uh, Indianapolis in those days. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I have him as my quarterback twelve this week. You have him at sixteen. Is it kind of a? Is it because you think Trey Lance gets some play, or what? What's going on with that? No, not at all. I don't think Trey Lance is going to play. I, this is largely because I think that the 49ers are going to rush for 200 yards and only have to pass for like 250 yards. If that, I, They're running first offense. Detroit is not good, like you said. There's no need for them to throw the ball around. There's really not. Yeah. That's really the only reason he's low. I mean, if they do want to, then yeah, he'd be good. I'm high on Jimmy Garoppolo just because Ayuk, Debo, they're healthy. Kittle is the... You know, one of the best tight ends in football. So I, I think, plus, for all we know, since they just acquired Trey Lance, they want to get a good film out there on Jimmy G because they were shopping him this offseason. So I think they want to showcase his skill set so some of these quarterback needy teams out there might be more inclined to trade for Jimmy G. So I wouldn't be surprised if since they're playing a bad team then they know they're going to win. It's like, hey, let's go out there. Let's air it out. You know, Kittle gets 80 yards in the touchdown. You know, Debo, you know, does pretty well. Actually, let's let's talk about the wide receiver since I have them in mind. Um, Ayuk, we're, we're basically the same with Ayuk. We got him in the 20s. So, you know, a good solid wide receiver too. But Debo, I have him at 18. You have him at 44. So what what's going on? Why do you hate Debo Samuel? This is, if you, I like Ayuk, I don't. I, there's not a good reason I have them that much higher. The biggest thing is, like I said, I don't think they're going to throw the ball a lot. 
And because of that, I think it's going to be George Kittle and Ayuk and Debo. I think Debo will do fine for what he gets. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of targets to, to be shared. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's circle back to the running backs. I have Raheem Mostert as my – and this is probably the highest I'm ever going to have him. But, again, this stems back to kind of like what I was talking about with uh, Tampa Bay, Dallas yesterday. This is the healthiest that Raheem Mostert is going to be this entire season. And he is – actually, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he's the fastest player in the NFL. Like, even faster than Tyreek Hill. I think they had some stat – he had a breakaway run where he got like, you know, like 28 30. miles an hour. Or yeah. Something. He got to almost 30 miles an hour. Like that is absolutely insane. So I, again, this, this stems back to me thinking that San Francisco just absolutely boat races Detroit. So I am at nine. Um, you have him at 17. So you, do you think it's cause, cause uh, sermon gets some play in there or some of the, the 900 other running backs they have. Right. That's exactly what it is. If you look at Sermon, you have him at 32 and I have him at 23. That kind of accounts for those touches and points that you gave Moser and didn't give Sermon. I also think that Moser already had a little bit of a back issue. There's a potential that he doesn't play the full game. I doubt that will happen. Like you said, it's, gonna, it's the healthiest it's going to be. But um, I, I think the Touches will be shared amongst the running backs, and there will be plenty for I'm still probably a little too low on Moster, honestly, at 17. He probably should be up closer towards 12, still yeah. an RB1. But, but yeah, the, the reason I put him down a little lower is just because I think the touches will be shared. But they are going to yeah. get a lot of touches, so like that's why I say I'm probably a little too low. Uh, play George Kittle. That's all I can say about that. Uh, yes. Detroit side of the ball. The only player of note, other than obviously TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, since he's a full go, we both have him at, you know, I got him at 26, you have him at 28. So, I mean, you're going to have to play him because you you drafted him. Now, there was the injury dip where I saw his ADP go down, but if you drafted earlier in the preseason, he was going in the second, third round. So, you have, you know, you're playing him. He had a full go at practice, so you're playing him. Good. It's it's going to be a tough week. That's why I even said a couple, you know, a little bit ago, buy yeah. the dip, <laughs> try to trade for him. Aside from his injury concerns and the usage there, it's going to be tough sledding if he was 100% healthy against San Francisco and their offense that they have. It's, I mean, he could be a low-end RB2, maybe a flex play, but it's going to be tough sledding. Don't, don't get your hopes up. Exactly. Play TJ Hawkinson. Moving on, we got the LA Chargers taking on the Washington football team. Chargers. My boys favored minus one over under 44 and a half. So kind of low over under. I think they're thinking this is going to be more of a defensive game, which very well could be Justin Herbert. You're playing him. Austin Eckler, you're playing him. Keenan, you're playing him. Surprisingly hurt. Just correct. You already touched on that, but just keep that in mind. Although side note, if actually we'll touch on that, if Eckler's hurt, I'm probably not playing any of the backups realistically because they're gonna they're gonna split the workload between Kelly, Roundtree, and Jackson. And they in the past they've used the hot hand approach. Like if Jackson went off, they kept him out there. But Kelly could have a game too. So I'm I mean if Eckler's out, I'm not playing any of the running backs. Roster yes, them, same. roster them. But you're not you're not playing any of the backups. Yeah, until there's something established. This one's surprising to me. Mike Williams, you have him at 36. You have him in that wide receiver three potential flex range. I got him at 50. So, 
okay, I'm the char and, and I'm the Charger Homer. I'm the Charger fan. So what what is it about Mike Will that you're you're into? Uh, he's good when he's healthy, and th- he's gonna be this healthiest this year, mm-hmm. or not this year, this week. He's played most games the last three years. He hasn't played that as many snaps. I think that opposite Keenan Allen with the the new quarterback, if he's healthy, Jared Cook coming in at tight end, Eckler's healthy. They could spread the ball around really well. I just think that he's going to have a big improvement this year, kind of back to his 2019 year, but maybe with more of the 2018 touchdowns. So 2019, he had 1,000 yards receiving. 2018, he had 10 touchdowns. I think he could easily hit similar numbers, like maybe 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns. That's the thing. I just I think he's a wide receiver three. I've always liked him, but he just doesn't stay on the – he'll play – he'll start the game, he'll go out. Mm-hmm. I, I, week one, I like it because the health could be there. It's just Mike Williams, if he could just put the 1,010 together in one year. Because, you know, Director Ross and I, we actually talked about this not too long ago where – Again, I'm a Charger fan, so my opinion might be somewhat biased. But I, I was talking about Mike Williams. You know, they took him seven overall just a couple years back. And goddamn, if he could just put a healthy season together, he could be so damn good. Because he is good at football, but he just cannot stay healthy. If that man could just be healthy. Now, granted, he did play a full 16 back in 2018, but, but look what he did. He had 10 touchdowns. He didn't have the yards. He had 600 yards. And 10 touchdowns on 66 targets. Exactly. The next year he had 90 targets and then 85. I expect the targets to be around the same. And the reason I'm high on him is I I think that he has the ability to produce. He's a better quarterback than he's had. Mm -hmm. Not that when he had Phillip Rivers he was bad. But it was towards the end of Phillip Rivers' career. Phillip Rivers did love Keenan Allen. I don't blame him. But I just feel like Mike Williams has that potential. If we're going to see it, week one's the going to be like mm-hmm. like we said the most healthy. He's one of those players also. So I just I'm I'm higher on than most people, but I just it's one of those gut feeling things. I just I feel like he could be doing better than he is, and I think that maybe this is the year that he finally bridges those two seasons together yeah. into one solid season. Moving on, we got the Washington Football Team. Ryan Fitz. Hey, you know what? If you need to plug in a quarterback this week, which you probably shouldn't, this might not be a bad team to put one in. Antonio Gibson, play that man. Play that beautiful, beautiful chocolate man. He's going to be so good this year. You know, we both have him in the top 10. Scary Terry McLaurin, you're playing him. Curtis Samuel, we both have him kind of low. My concern is just he's been kind of banged up coming into this. Diami Brown, the rookie, he might be a name to keep an eye on. But, I mean, you're playing Scary Terry. You're playing Logan Thomas. There's... You know, don't get cute with it. Moving on, we got the Green Bay, led by the Aaron Rodgers Fuck You Tour 2021, taking on the New Orleans Saints. Green Bay's favorite at minus 4.5, the over-under at 50. You know what? I would take Green Bay minus, again, betting people. Green Bay minus 4.5, that's really not that bad. Um, their defense is not, their defense is above average. Jameis Winston throws interceptions. Uh, okay, anyways, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, playing Aaron Jones. Some guy named Devontae Adams. I'm not too sure who that is, but I think you play that guy. Robert Tunyon, I want to talk about that. So you got Tunyon at four. I got him at 13. So I got him right outside your tight end one range. Now, 
do you have him high because of the Aaron Rodgers fuck you toward? Like, do you think, because me personally, last year, his, I feel his numbers were kind of doctored in the sense that he had uh, the three touchdown game and then it kind of stayed, you know, he wasn't like irrelevant, but it was just kind of quiet after that. So what what's the love with, with Tunyon there? Uh, it's a little bit of the Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour. It's a little bit of kind of like Devontae Adams, really their best receiver, but after that, there's not much. And yes, Tunyon's numbers are inflated by the three touchdowns, but he still had eight other touchdowns. And the Saints' defensive backs, they lost a couple defensive backs. I I feel like he's going to get more targets than he got in the past. He only had 59 targets last year. And and then he'll get, you know, a, probably a touchdown. Saints' defense... If they're known for anything lately, it's going to be stopping the run, not stopping mm-hmm. the pass. Now, I mean, so. I'm looking at his stat line from last year. See, now he has a lot of touchdowns, which is great. I mean, that's what you want from your tight end. But, I mean, if if his non-touchdown games, he was 3 for 25, 2 for 32, 1 for 5, uh, 1 for 17. You know, so, like, that, that's more my concern. That's a, that's a big concern. I think it's something to consider. It's it is a risk reward type of play with Tunyon. I think that the reward could be there this week against the Saints. You know, I'm a Saints fan. Something to look at though is Tunyon has caught eighty two percent of his passes at mm-hmm. nine and a half yards a target. There's no reason they aren't increasing his targets other than Devontae Adams catches. You could throw it into the stands and Devontae Adams would figure out a way to catch it and stay in bounds. God, Devontae, I'm so good. I wish yeah. I had shares of Devontae Adams. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's the same thing as I said before, the other player. It's If the usage goes up, he has the potential to put up stellar numbers. Mm-hmm. This is a good matchup for him, in my opinion. I mean, I, I know he might get a little bit of Demario Davis. He's a pretty good coverage back. But like I said, the Saints are kind of more of a, a run-stopping first team and get-to-the-quarterback yeah. type of team, and I just don't see it being very good for uh, this week. Other side of the ball, you're not playing Jameis Winston yet. Alvin Kamara, you're definitely starting him. You know, he's he, you know, Kamara is one of those few players where they're just matchup proof. You're playing him regardless of who they play. Uh the the player I wanted to talk about was Marquez Callaway. You know, the preseason darling had the two outstanding catches with Jameis Winston showing some form of chemistry there. He's the only wide receiver in town right now because I think Traquan Smith is banged up. Uh, Slant Boy, he's on the IR pup list. So, I mean, you got to throw to somebody. Marcus Callaway, we both have him in the 30s, so we both have him in that wide receiver three range, maybe flex appeal there. I, You know what? I wouldn't hate playing him. My only concern is if he gets the Jair Alexander treatment, he just could get shut down completely. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I also think that the Saints are going to try to do a management type of situation with this game and do a ball control, run the ball, use as much clock as possible every possession, pass when they have to, try to limit Green Bay's scoring opportunities. Yeah. I don't foresee them throwing a lot unless they end up in a situation where they have to. And like you said, Marcus Callaway is like the only person they could throw to. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not that hard to like put – they could double cover him if they really wanted to. They wouldn't even need to probably though. But if they wanted to, they could and still have everybody else covered. So it's yeah. – it's just not a good situation for uh, New Orleans passing game. Yeah. 
Moving on, we got the Denver Broncos taking on the New York football giants. Uh, Denver's favorite at minus three at the over-under 41.5, which is very, very depressing. That is a very low over-under. And you know what, dude? I would take Denver minus three, even though Teddy White Glove's going to be out there throwing the ball. You know, it's funny, speaking with Teddy White Gloves, we're both kind of low on him. You're not playing him yet, despite all the weapons in Denver and the good matchup against the Giants. Although, the, actually, the Giants' defense has actually gotten a little better over the years, so I, I shouldn't shit on him too much. But, you know, again, I got to see it. I don't hate. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think he could have potential to be uh, a, a startable quarterback. But right now, just lower the expectations. Melvin Gordon, uh, you're playing him more than likely. He, you know he's going to be a high end RB two. Um, this one's surprising to me. You actually have Javante Williams ranked one space higher than Melvin Gordon. So you got him at 25 and 26. I have Gordon at 24. I got Williams at 42. I think Williams does touch the ball a little bit. But as of right now, it's still Melvin Gordon's backfield. So why are you showing all the love to Javante? Mostly because I'm not really sold on Melvin Gordon. I think that he'll start with most of the touches, and I think that Javante will end up outproducing him throughout the game, and you'll see those carries just slowly shift towards him toward, throughout the game. It's just an instinctual guess. I could be totally wrong. But I think Javante Williams is a better back. Yeah. I don't know if the usage will be there, but that's why I have him. So much so, higher. You're gonna play Jerry Judy. Are you playing Sutton? Like, what? What are your thoughts on Sutton? You're you got him a little bit lower than me. I got Sutton at 30. You got him in your 40s. So, I, I, me personally, I think if if Sutton's your wide receiver three, like if you're in a three wide receiver league, if he's your if he's your uh, your flex, I love that. But you you got him in that 40 range, so you got him in that. You know, do you, are you are you comfortable with playing Sutton, or are you are you going to hold for a little bit to just see how the injury goes? I'd play him in a three wide receiver league. If I was in a two wide receiver league, depending upon my flex options, maybe, but probably not. I kind of want to see how. Like we talked about it when we talked about receivers and we talked about Jerry Judy in the previous episodes. Teddy Bridgewater suits that style more, but if he does decide to sling it, court and Sutton could be good. It's like I said, I'd play him as a wide receiver three. Probably not a flex. Not a terrible option. Once I see a little more, that could totally change. I hope Sutton's healthy because, goddamn, he's talented. He's so good. Uh, you're playing Noah mm-hmm. Font. Other side of the ball, d- never Daniel Jones. You never play Daniel Jones. Ever. Never, ever. Never play Daniel Jones. He's a bad man. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Moving on. Saquon. We, we both have him similarly ranked. You got him at 11. I have him at 14. I'm lowering that expectation because, I mean, God, it's just – he is – in terms of raw talent, he might be the most talented running back in football. But that O-line has not gotten any better, and that's my big concern. He did not look good pre-injury. Now, granted, he took on the Pittsburgh Steelers and got completely shut down. But even before the injury happened, they were not making holes for him. He wasn't looking very good. So I, I have him. I mean, I still have him high. I got him at 14. So you're, you're playing him, but he's banged up. But are you just, I don't, you got to lower that expectation with Saquon Barkley. I'm the same way. I have him a little higher than you do. Uh, to me, the only reason he's a little higher is maybe because like a little bit of receiving upside. I mean, someone, it's, someone's got to do something for New York and he's their best shot. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony. I'm not really interested in any of the wide receivers right now. 
I mean, if you have to play somebody, it's Kenny Galladay. You have him a little bit higher than me. You got him at 26. I'm at 35. Is that just because uh, you got to throw to somebody kind of thing? Yep. That's it, really. I I don't like it. I wouldn't like doing it, but I I think he's going to be the best receiver there. I think he's – maybe I'm a little high on him, but – that's really so bad. I see that you know we we got uh, Evan Ingram ranked. We actually have him the same at nineteen. But if he's out, are you playing Kyle Rudolph? Are you interested in Kyle Rudolph? Not really. If Rudolph plays, I I have Ingram at nineteen. I think Rudolph's a better tight end. So yeah, I'm not sure why they would want to start Ingram over Rudolph. Anyways, I know he came in off an injury. I don't. I wouldn't want to start either of them though. You're you know I a bad I'd passing prob- offense. It's it's surprising too. I, I actually agree with you. I think Rudolph is a better tight end than Ingram. You know, kind of like what I I've said about Daryl Henderson and other people. If they were sold on their player, you wouldn't bring players in. You know, uh, Kyle Rudolph had some injuries last year. You brought in and hurt tight end to replace your tight end, or at least supplement your tight end. If I had to rank Rudolph, I mean, off the top of my head, I'd. Probably have him in the seventeen to twenty range, anyways. He does have touchdown upside because you know for a while they were calling him uh, what was it Rudolph the the red nose touchdown machine, like some stupid bullshit like that. Because he he finds he has a way to score touchdowns. He, That's does. What he does. One thing I'll say is he has touchdown upside, but the Giants do not have touchdown upside. If I'm looking for a touchdown, that's kind of like the Tanyan argument earlier. If I'm looking for mm-hmm. a touchdown upside tight end. I want him to be on a team that has red zone opportunities. Yeah. You know? This game very well could be 14 to 3. <laughs> you know, it's going to be 2 to 0. Yeah. I mean, it could be a very low scoring game. No, it's not going to be that bad. But yeah. Vegas, Vegas over unders, they're usually not too far off. They got it at 41 and a half. So this is going to be a low scoring game. Yeah, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, our final NFC game of the week. We got the Chicago Bears coming out west to take on the LA Rams, where Darnell Mooney is going to be reunited with his son Jalen Ramsey for a nice family reunion. Uh, Over under is going to be forty six and a half, with the Rams favored at minus seven and a half. You know what? If I'm a betting man, I think it's going to be closer than that because I I don't know. I just I get a weird feeling about it. But you know, you're not playing Dalton. You're not playing Fields. David Montgomery, you're playing him. I I still think just with Tariq Cohen hurt, um, I just feel that you know got you drafted David Montgomery in the first three rounds, but again they're going to pass to him, especially in half PPR, full PPR. I like David Montgomery. Yeah, I like David Montgomery. I have him twenty. He could potentially be in the RB one range though. I just am not super high on him because of the Rams' defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the Rams but, have I mean, potentially the best defense in football. So, right. uh, Allen Robinson, Director Ross has a note here saying that he's going to be shadowed by Ramsey, which very well could be the case. So this way he doesn't get embarrassed by Darnell Mooney ever again. They could be protecting him. But I, I love Allen Robinson. We're both high on him this week. Uh, we both have him in that wide receiver one range just because, again, got to throw to somebody. Um, and I – Rob- I saw a thing on Twitter that said somebody said to sit Allen Robinson. Don't listen to that person. I don't <laughs> care how good the defense is. They're going to have to throw it to him. Yeah. And yeah, they can use Mooney. He's Yeah, he may not be a wide receiver one, but, like, come on. 
he's probably going to be a wide receiver. If he's not a wide receiver two this week, I'll be surprised. Okay, let's put it this way. The last two years, Allen Robinson's quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky. And he had, so two years ago, he had 1,147 yards, seven touchdowns. Last year, 1,250 and six touchdowns. He was a wide receiver nine last year, seven the previous year. Don't get stupid. You play Robinson. Start your studs. He's a stud. He's one of those few matchup-proof players. And kind of like what you were just saying, doesn't matter who they're playing. You play Allen Robinson. He's he's good. He's good at football. Darnell Mooney, it's all jokes. Don't play him. I, I don't trust it. <laughs> it's just, it's it's too risky. Uh, Cole Komet, you playing Cole Komet? Nope. I'm not. I like Mooney, <laughs> but I wouldn't start him either. I might start him as a wide receiver three. I just don't like him in this matchup. Yeah, hey, you know, hey, wide receiver three, sure, why not? Maybe if you're desperate for a flex, I could see it, but it's just right now you start Montgomery, you're starting Allen Robinson. Those are the only ones I'm confident in. Moving on, you got the Rams side of the ball. I love the Rams this year. They were actually my Super Bowl pick. Matt Stafford, you know, you're playing him despite Chicago having a good defense, but you know, traveling west is always kind of tough because the time change. Daryl Henderson, we both didn't rank Sony Michelle. I'm chalking that up to. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't rank him just because he's coming into a new system. He can't. He has no like off season with them. Doesn't have that rapport yet. I I like Michelle long term. Not right now. You do play Henderson. I I think you can play him just because he's gonna have some value now. I have him as a low end RB two. You have him in that RB two RB three range. Are you you're, you're are you fine with playing Henderson? Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. It's I'm with you on the Sony Michelle thing. I, the I don't have him ranked because I only ranked like the top basically the to RB3. Sonny Michelle's going to be ranked soon. I just don't know how much of the playbook he knows, so his plays that he'll be using will be very limited. Yeah. For at least for at least for a week or two. I could be totally wrong. He could just pick it up like that. That's the only reason why. I wouldn't want to start him this week, but but he, yeah. he's, he's going to be starting on rosters soon. You're going to have to start him because he was getting drafted in the first four rounds. So he's probably your... If you went zero RB, he's your running back one. If you went running back early, then took some stuff in the middle, he's your RB2. So you're probably playing Henderson. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's going to have a monster game. I don't think he's – he's not Cam Akers. Cam Akers is better than him. That's why he won the job last year, and that's also why they were bringing in running backs because, again, if they were sold on Henderson, they wouldn't have drafted Akers. You're starting uh, Cooper Cup. You're starting Robert Woods. You're starting Tyler Higby. That's – Yeah, you're starting – Start Anybody your Rams passing in the Rams, yeah. and Henderson could have a bigger role than we're anticipating too. So I'd say like you're probably starting him also. So yeah, start start your Rams. Yeah. Start start every Ram. Like again, don't be cute. If they're good, they're good. Yeah, start your it. studs. Yeah, they're a good ass team. So I think that'll wrap it up for us. So that's our, your NFC matchups. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about your AFC matchups. Hopefully, Big Rome will be joining us in. We need that big powerful voice of his and. You know, plus some of his rankings, man. We were going through it. It was uh, it was shocking to me in some. So I, I kind of want to yell at him a little bit. But yeah, it's nice to have that third number on the rankings too. Exactly. So. But again, thank you so much for listening, guys. We appreciate the support and the love. Get us on the social medias at Filthy F Ball Show on Twitter, at Filthy Fantasy Football Show on Instagram. Send in your emails to Filthy Fantasy Football Show at Gmail dot com. Again, thank you so much for the support. We're hoping to bring you some of them victories. Go out there and win your week one. Hey guys, King Josh, Josh the King. Fancy fish. Hey guys.